Good morning for Monday, August 21st, 2017. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Rally shifted timing of Bannon's exit. Trump chooses a path forward for Afghanistan, and guest at Trump Tower has aided Russians. In today's national headlines, promoting enrollment in tenuous health plans, two university workers charged with dark killing, and the red cap aside, Trump souvenirs are a hard sell. In today's business headlines, TV market prepares for three tech giants pursuing the founder of a neo-Nazi website and tarnished by Charlottesville, Tiki Torch Company tries to move on. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Washington. Rally shifted timing of Bannon's exit. John Kelly, the new White House Chief of Staff, told Stephen Bannon in late July that he needed to go. No need for it to get messy, Kelly told Bannon, according to several people with first-hand knowledge of the exchange. The two worked out a mutually amicable departure date for mid-August, with President Trump's blessing. But as Trump struggled last week to contain a growing public furor over his response to a deadly, race-fueled melee in Virginia, Bannon clashed with Kelly over how the president should respond. Give no ground to your critics, Bannon urged Trump with characteristic truculence. At the same time, New York real estate investor friends told Trump that the situation with Bannon was untenable. Steve Roth on Monday, Tom Barrick on Tuesday, and Richard LaFrac on Wednesday. By Thursday, after Bannon undercut American policy toward North Korea in an interview published by a left-leaning magazine, Trump had concluded that Bannon was too much of a liability. By Friday, when he was forced from his job as Trump's chief strategist, Bannon had found himself isolated inside a White House where he once operated with such autonomy that he reported only to the president himself. This account is based on interviews with a dozen White House aides, associates of the president's and friends of Bannon's. A former naval officer, Bannon speaks often in the language of combat, of escalating conflict to nuclear levels and driving his enemies ballistic. But in the end, he had lost the war against a list of enemies that included nearly everyone in the West Wing. They included not just the adversaries whose conflicts with Bannon were widely aired, Gary Cohn, the president's chief economic advisor, Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, the National Security Advisor, Ivanka Trump, the President's daughter, and Jared Kushner, his son-in-law. Also against him was Kelly, who was outraged by the indiscretion Bannon displayed in the interview with the American Prospect, according to three senior administration officials. And Bannon could no longer turn to Trump, whose confidence in him had eroded over a period of months, to ask for a reprieve. Even the market tumbled on the prospect that Bannon could come out on top. Blue-chip stocks slid last week after an erroneous report said Cohn's resignation was imminent because of his disgust with Trump's failure to more forcefully denounce the racist Charlottesville demonstrators. Friends and former colleagues of Cohn said the economic advisor criticized Trump in such strong terms that at least one wondered how he could possibly remain in his position. As soon as Bannon arrived at the White House on Inauguration Day, he seemed to realize that he would not be long for the job. 
He felt that Trump had treated him as a peer during the presidential campaign, but he often complained to friends, when I got to the White House, all of a sudden, I was just a staffer. Here's the second front page story. Trump chooses a path forward for Afghanistan. Written from Amman, Jordan. President Trump, who has been accused by lawmakers of dragging his feet on Afghanistan, has settled on a new strategy to carry on the nearly 16-year-old conflict there, administration officials said Sunday. The move, following a detailed review, is likely to open the door to the deployment of several thousand troops. The president has made a decision, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis told reporters on an overnight flight that arrived in Amman, Jordan on Sunday. I am very comfortable that the strategic process was sufficiently rigorous. But Mattis declined to say what steps Trump had ordered, including on troop levels, saying that the president wanted to outline the new approach himself. The defense secretary received the authority in June to send as many as 3,900 troops to Afghanistan so that the United States military could expand its efforts to advise Afghan forces and support them with American artillery and air power. But Mattis has refrained from building up the American force there until the Trump administration agreed on a broader strategy. The White House said Trump would address the public and American troops on a path forward for America's engagement in Afghanistan and South Asia in a speech at Fort Myer, Virginia on Monday night. American military commanders have argued during the months-long policy assessment that the additional troops would enable the United States to reverse gains made by the Taliban and militant groups like the Islamic State's Afghan affiliate, the Islamic State, in Khorasan. Administration aides hinted that any commitment to increase force levels would require steps by the Afghans, like doing more to fight corruption.